Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, we're back again. It's Wednesday, the January 18th. I was just looking the other day. We have a, this is episode like 163 or 164. But what makes it better than that? We brought ourselves back with the king of collecting, the sultan of stuff, the <laughs> mastermind of mine, mine, mine in the world of collection, collecting, DCD's own Doug Dreyer. How's it going, Sean? Good to see you again. I, I love these quarterly chats that we get to do. We got to do it, brother. I mean, and I have to tell you, so Doug and I were talking, one of our favorite pastimes is when Doug and I talk sports. What do we think? Uh, I can't tell you. Oh, look at this. Look who just snuck in here. DC. The- Woo! DC. Hey, DC. I know you're like two rooms over. Bring your ass over. One room over. He's oh, just one right next over. door. Bring your ass and come over and say hello to everyone. But he makes, uh, I feel inadequate with the facial hair. Like, I, I feel like I've got a good thing going. And then he comes in and then you, and yes. I've just got like this, this five o'clock shadow thing. And, and you and him just, I feel very inadequate throughout you know the You know what it is? It's the prior service thing. Yeah. Um, we, we were required to wear a beard so ridiculously large, <laughs> um, especially, you know, dependent upon your branch of service. It, it just, it's one of those things like, uh, it, you go like I'm done. I'm not. I'm not not having a beard. Yeah, it's a requirement. But uh, you'll like this. So as we were coming into the show, just before we got started, and we'll do our house cleaning in a moment, folks. Yeah. One of my closest friends, Tom Wolf, sends me a message from CBS Sports New York, and guess what it says? Guess what it says, Doug? What does it say? It says Giants named as a potential landing spot. For Lamar Jackson during 2023 NFL offseason. Get, get out of here, man. I'm there he is. Hey, 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 hey. dang, man. I tell you. It's like swatting flies around here. Yep, oh. it's uh, that would be astounding. I, I like Daniel Jones, but, I mean, if you think if you can, think you can upgrade, it's going to be but, one of those you, nights, isn't it? it <laughs> Look at this. Gonna, I got, I got this happening is. back here. Look at that. I mean, it, it is it is a – I mean – I'm just – how was he this week? I, I really need to know how D.C. was this week. Did you keep a defibrillator close by that in case, like, Brady you know, Carty or something like I, I was only Saturday. trying to, like – I would just send uh, messages like, oh, no, wow, they're going to lose, and, and try to build – no. He uh, he was good. We didn't talk during the game. We, we I don't, just – I can't. I'm no, I know. So uh, we're actually – I'm having a little Super Bowl thing, and I have invited D.C. and his family, but if the Bills are in – He's got to be in a separate room like me. Like if my team, when the, the Rams are in the Super Bowl, I don't want people around me. It's not I enjoyable. I, uh, I, and so uh, it's you, you ask him, DC, come on over, man. Join the the, the thing. Ice Wolf says these are just starter beards. You guys yeah. are like, are I've never like, does ice is ice Wolf rocking that? I've never seen him. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, He's got some impressive uh, facial growth. True. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you, for the first time, you're hearing DC's voice. Um, <laughs> he has a face for radio. Just he does. Yes. And, and that voice, um, I would like him to just record for all of us. 
Uh, it's time to wake up. It is 5.30. Your alarm's going off. Please wake up. I have to make that voice come out of my mouth and talk this way. DC just does it every day. It's, it's literally my walking around voice. Yeah. I just throw a little more vibrato for the, the camera. Like, listen, I saw these tomatoes. That back there says it's $1.99. That just rang up at $2.99. Can we have a conversation about this? Please it's go get your manager. I will go. I'll have a deep voice. Like people, hey, how's it going? And I can throw that out there theatrically and stuff. But DC comes much more natural. Yeah, like um, it definitely. I, I mean, and DC, we appreciate you. What, what's, you know, can we get, I still got to do the, the housekeeping and I know I got to do it. We'll, we'll do it here in a minute. But while we're here, DC, what do we got? Can you hint at, at anything being broke this week? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. actually, I can, I can tell you a lot about what's being broke this week. Um, for all my, my military fans and my fans of GI Joe, uh, we still have the Jamie Sullivan original art that came from the record breaking cover of GI Joe 300. Uh, that is an amazing thing that we have. We have, uh, some interesting presidential memorabilia made by a company called super breaks as well that we have. Um, but if you're into the, the big, uh, original art, we have a sketch cover break that has just absolute knockout art on it. Uh, another one you are familiar with one we did before we did another one that's just just bang up um and then we raided our dear friend doug's archives archives and and vault and we have a run of original art that was originally his that we've kind of stolen and are giving it to the masses yeah they're going through this and i'm like no i can't give it back and then we had to trade it pieces out it was it was agonizing <laughs> yeah. but uh there are like, 25 or 27 boxes 27. in that run oh, uh, and then tonight i know we're going to be uh teasing last week you teased another sketch cover break that we were doing with an artist that's all sort of funko based art uh, artist does uh comic book covers but the, the the characters are done like in the funko style the bigger head and we work today we're pairing those up with funko's uh, the one you are going to be talking about tonight that we're going to make live for preview is? It's going to be our uh, Art from the Heart. Uh, it is a Valentine's Day-esque box that oh, is going to have uh, a little bit of candy, a lot of really great art uh, by uh, Paul Maitland, a very accomplished artist yep. uh, out on the East Coast. And uh, it may or may not also feature an autographed Valentine from the each of us Doug, Trevor, and I. Yeah. I can't confirm or deny, but there might be some hand-on uh, notes for everybody, too. <laughs> we uh, we did at the holiday, remember, we had a holiday break, uh, sort of a, a thematic, seasonal type thing. So we're continuing. We did a, we did Halloween. We did Christmas. Now we're doing uh, Valentine's Day Art from the Heart that features uh, paired uh, characters, all your favorite lovebirds and best friends. We've got Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. We've got the Maitlands from Beetlejuice, Superman and, and Lois Lane. A lot, lot of great pieces in there. Each each box has a sketch card. And then there are, I think, seven or eight hits in that box. of Really? Uh, that many hits? Uh, yeah. So we, we're trying to, you know, spread the love. You know, we want you to, to say, be mine to these Valentine-themed uh, boxes. And you're going to love it. I think I might have to get one for my wife. And I got to go through this here real quick. We've got some yeah. great notes popping up. So Ice Wolf, uh, and look, folks, if this is your first time you're finding us through 
DCD collects, please make sure you, you give us a follow. Follow if you're finding them for the first time through us. Make sure you're giving them a follow. You can find them on Instagram, Facebook. Everything is D, DCD collects. The, the website is DCD collects. If you're watching the live, it's scrolling along the bottom. But, but, but real quick, uh, Nathan's already ready for the football talk. Nathan, you know Doug and I always end up in a big football conversation. Yeah. Uh, but he did have a good question here. Any Thundercats? Not in this break, but we are working on a uh, Saturday morning cartoons break upcoming like future. Uh, it's not quite close, but uh, we do have that coming, and Thundercats are part of that. In fact, I have a Masters of the Universe backpack that's sort of a, a hit in there. It came with a pop. It's from Hot Topic, a limited edition. No, Loungefly, not Hot Topic. So we're we're constantly working. Today we actually built five or six breaks, and we have constantly uh, ten or so in the works uh, for the next few months. So th there's always something going on. And I, and I think we kind of made a mistake. And I, I, I gotta and we should have done this before. Uh, I don't care which one of you does it. If if we want to do it in our best announcer, maybe we should each try to do this in our best announcer voice. We could each try. Okay. But, um, but uh, please, if you could, pay your attention over this way and tell us what exactly is a breaker box. Uh, I'm going to let the breaker come on, DC. DC, tell them what the breaker box is. All right, everybody. So breaking boxes is absolutely phenomenal. What you're going to get is a box. You have no idea what's in it. And uh, each one of them tend to be thematic, meaning... You know generally what could be inside, but you don't know exactly what there is. There's going to be original art, sometimes very famous autographs, sometimes both, uh, all together in one place for fun, open live for your entertainment uh, by this voice and these fingers. Thankfully, my head has shrunk very small, so you don't have to look at my face. So I, I <laughs> voice and hands over face. Every box will have uh, our preferences to have original art. And then every third, fourth, fifth box, depending on the run, will have larger redemptions inside. So you're going to get, say, a sketch card or a four by six. And then every randomized box will have a redemption for a larger piece. You might get a four by six in a box, and then there'll be a nine by 12 in there, sometimes bigger. Uh, we're working on a mythology box that has a lot of good variety. Ooh. So it's, it's really... We try to do something thematic. We, we, you know, we want artists to kind of feel something they're enjoying. We say mythology, go to town. Like just do what you want, and then we get the art. We build the boxes. We random. We number them. DC numbers them on camera. We randomize them and then sell them in that order. It's all done uh, online, you know, with evidence. And so we are as transparent as possible. Um, throughout the entire process. I see the question about, uh, do you have any Marvel-themed boxes? Generally, our boxes are a little more uh, base-themed. We'll say heroes or um, villains. We might say there's, uh, we had a Wolverine, we had like Claws Out, which was a Wolverine-themed box, uh, themed box. So quite often, there will be Marvel characters in there but we tended to kind of focus on a general theme and let the artists go, go with where they want on that. I got one. Let's I hear it. Brainstorm. You need to get Sean or uh, Lee 
you know how they do the the cards, the the matchup cards, like the yeah. and everything. Should do one DC and Marvel, but the parallels the characters. So if okay. you have Superman yeah. card, his parallel I would think would be the century. Yeah. So you know you you parallel them because they've all got that. You have Deadpool on parallel one. universe. Yeah. There Same. you go different yeah <laughs> same same but different <laughs> half the fun for this is coming up with names same thing I, so I we did have versus multiverse we had verses which were you know a, a famous good good guy versus a famous bad guy we had duos which was like uh you know batman and robin and so forth and so we're constantly coming up with new ideas uh for these themes we've got everything we've got uh, as DC mentioned, this incredible GI Joe box called 300. GI Joe, you know, finished their main run at 300, and then Jay Sullivan, the, the cover artist, did 316 different characters individually and worked them into the comic book. Um, and therefore, and then, and, and actually, there's a poster over there if you want to pull one out. Um, it is a record-breaking comic book, and so we actually bought a lot of original art. From there, and you actually have a chance of getting uh, all the some of the characters from this. And so you'll see, like for those you that, is, that don't see this, that are listening to the podcast afterwards, this is a poster with all 316 of the GI Joe characters that were created on one poster. And so you know, you've got, uh, of course, the main hit, and that we have, you're going to get a chance. You could get both Duke and Cobra Commander. But there's also, we've got Destro, Baroness, uh, Scarlet. We've got, uh, you know, I think uh, Deep Six is in there. Hint, hint, wink, uh, wink. I want gung-ho. Uh, you know what? I didn't get gung-ho because somebody bought that. But I did get the, the original uh, pencils for gung-ho and gave them to this former guy, you know, this former military guy here. Shipwreck. Shipwreck. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I do have gung-ho. But there's Wild Bill. I, you know, I, I think I bought 60 different characters. Holy shit. And, and so you're going to get them, and they each come with a letter of authenticity, an image That's of tough. it. And actually, each box also comes with the comic book signed by Jay Sullivan. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you, Vanna. <laughs> and, and Icewolf, I went in real quick and looked at that picture. You do have a serious beard. I'll have to introduce you to my buddies at uh, the Talking Beards Network, which oh, uh, no. we've, had those guys, we've had those guys on, Scott Sakura and uh, Aaron, Aaron Johnson. And We need, yeah. a, we need a beard break. We, well, know, we need famous that, beards. Well, you know what? That would be an awesome one, and those two guys would love to introduce you to them. They actually are competitive beard growers um aaron is a world champion with a goatee that's over two feet long wow yeah they're 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 pretty impressive uh now i don't have that kind of energy well i and and nate nails it i do love silver hawks that's something nate and i've been talking about i guess uh michael bay recently came out and said he would like to do thundercats and he would like to do um silver hawks and i'm all about we it. did didn't uh kaiser did a silver hawks piece didn't he the team up we had a team up piece that was the hit the hit was the silver hawks no shit i missed yeah. oh. oh well i already yeah. know who's got it that's eat bourbon has it bourbon, bourbon probably has it bourbon has but it. you know 
bourbon is uh, legendary for many reasons, but uh, we really do try to create boxes that at the very base we, we'd want to buy. Like we want to build things that were that we'd be comfortable buying. So we know that they are done uh, with great value. They are done with great care and with ethics. You know, we want people to know that we're trying to do this as above board as possible. The breaking business, more in the card world, ha- has yeah. had some savory, uh, seedy things happening. And so we try to be as transparent as possible. You know, boxes are numbered on camera. Uh, you can go back and follow the order. We don't say you just, hey, you buy a box, that's the one you're going to get. And, you know, we we deal with that in terms, hey, if all the hits go early, we deal with that. So it's uh, just something we really try to build a business and follow a plan where we, we would want to buy them ourselves and we like to sleep well at night. That's what we try to do. And I got to go. I, I think uh, our friend from my art, my arc it, which is a phenomenal product if you haven't seen it he was on a couple of weeks back where instead of like if you have google and you save pictures to it after two years and you don't touch it google will delete it it's a service where you can actually go on there upload pictures and they never go away you permanently pay one fee they're saved memories and everything but this is i like this this is an adult cartoon themed box people like each wizard and fat freddy cat sure Heavy metal. Be- you can go all the way back yeah. to like yeah, heavy, heavy metal for adult comics, right? And not even necessarily, you know, uh, risque, but there are, uh, you They're know, adult themed. They're adult, adult themed. themed. One of the things we also really try to do within our chats, and you've been in our chats in our right. rooms, we try to be family friendly, which doesn't mean we're not doing things that are adult ish, but right. we're, you know, we're very much about community. So it's language, it's yeah, attitudes, controlled. And DC does such a great job of making that family feeling. We want people to come to us believing in the community, you know, well, being proud. Adopted, yeah. He adopted DC. He moved all the way to California. Just he's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. He's my son. Yep. Um, so have, it's have taxes on him and everything. Yeah. I get the discount, you know, the, the refunds and everything. It's been wonderful. And, and Nate, Nate wants to know what your Saturday morning cartoon go to uh, food was. Saturday morning cartoon food. Like for me, it was peanut butter. I like the peanut butter Captain Crunch, but yeah. you gotta get it before it hits mush. Yeah, hits hits terminal mush and it's done. I can't mess with it. DC, it was it was cereal. It was also cereal. Yeah. Um, and it, but Lucky Charms, Lucky Charms. And I would see marshmallows. all I of the marshmallows to the end and wow. eat all the marshmallows at the end to get that sugar buzz. Yeah. for the rest of the morning. My teeth are bothering me just based on that because I hate that styrofoam marshmallow. Yeah. No, I got to tell you, my all like Saturday mornings, I would sit there and I had two cereals I would rotate. Uh, Count Chocula. I like Count Chocula, but my all time favorite Saturday morning cartoon food is uh, Cookie Crisp. I love Cookie Crisp. Now, this kind of brings up a great subject, though. And I want to get into this for a minute. We're, we're going to make a left turn in, into this collecting for a minute. We'll get to sports because we always end up in sports at some point. But do you think that there's something missing for kids today with not having that limited Saturday morning cartoon? Like, I love the fact that Cartoon Network is there 
and brings back all had all the older stuff. But and it's actually two questions because I got a second a follow up to this. But that you know they're losing that because I used to love. Do you remember that just before the cartoons came out for that fall season? They would do an episode on Saturday morning. It lasted almost all morning where they would advertise coming up this Saturday at yeah. eight o'clock. It's going to be Heathcliff and it would be Heathcliff running around. And then they would yeah. show the other new ones. Do you remember that? So, you know, essentially when, when in the seventies and eighties, yeah. Saturday morning cartoons were a lot like Thursday night must see TV, right? Absolutely. Like you planned your week around it. And we didn't have the access. You know, we only had fewer channels. So Saturday morning was the kids' time. And you would sit there and you would watch Thundercats. And then you every, you know, and there'd be the schoolhouse rocks intermittently. Do you remember kid video? Kid video, all of those. And that was really like the time. You waited for like you woke up early so you could watch as many of the cartoons. Now in California, we Popeye was big because we had a guy named Tom Hatton, and he would uh, be the host of sort of a Saturday morning thing. And he would okay. famous for he wore his little hat and he he doodle. He kids would send him in doodles, and he would take that doodle and draw pictures out of them and send it back. And so it was kind of a cool Saturday morning thing to do. Um, but it's one of those things where that was what we looked forward to all week. And you would like school was done. You didn't have homework. I'm going to wake up early. You're eating your Saturday morning food, whether it be uh, Lucky Charms, Twix, whatever. Was. Tricks. And, and you would sit there and you would be there from seven in the morning till 11 o'clock when you had to really go do something. Right. But to to bring it into the world of collecting that is nostalgia right like i see nathan here saying good times brings back memories we now look we think of those in such fond terms and we now thirst for those kinds of things that bring back those memories so like the saturday morning cartoon run uh the cartoons have all made a comeback i think we're in the 50th anniversary now of schoolhouse rocks. I think they're going to be doing a special soon on that, but we're all now at an age where those memories come back. We have uh, the desire to go back and think about those really positive memories and sitting there wrapped in a blanket, eating your cereal, <laughs> watching those cartoons Thundercats, and G force was one. I remember Oh, G force uh, was great. Love G Force. Now, Kristen brings up Speed Racer. I remember Speed Racer. Speed Racer as the first cartoon that I can remember as a kid that had a storyline that, yeah. like, you needed to watch Speed Racer because you were like, "Who's Racer X? Holy crap! Racer X is his brother! Yeah. Oh my god!" And there was this whole storyline that that went along with it. Uh, loved 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 all those or um it's, it's nostalgia i mean we go back and we have such fond memories and what we're really trying to do is connect with that we have a break coming up on cars right think about all the movies and tv shows you've watched that have had a car somewhat featured in there for oh, me yeah. for me it was kit I loved Knight Rider. And I have this memory of being 10 years old going to Universal Studios here in Hollywood where they had Kit, 
one of the cars and you got in and it said, hello, Doug, how are you today? And I lost it. Like that was the most amazing <laughs> thing for me. And I mean, now I know my dad had given them my name and stuff, but like that, that was so fun. And you think about Kit and you think about the love bug. Remember watching Herbie, the love bug. I mean, there's all these things. The cars are and amazing. So now when we have these boxes, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to get the Wayne's world car where they sang the song, or I want to get John Wick, or I want to get all the, talk about Batmobiles, right? I mean, there's so many different iterations of the Batmobile that they're all represented. So you're looking for these things that give you a positive feeling. That's what really we're trying to do is make you feel good. The DeLorean, we have a DeLorean in the break. See, I'm um, the odd kid out. I was the odd kid out. You know what? I, you know, you're going through all those. I love Kit. Yeah. The van from Miss, from uh, A-Team, yep. all those kind of things. Do you know which one I also love? Was Magnum the, PI. No, it's good. No, that's another great one. Yeah. The rig from BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bear. How about Smokey and the Bandit? How Smokey about the Bandit? Yep. All you know of that. That was a six by six. Did you yeah. know that that's what made that car? That was just such an amazing, amazing car. And it, so these things bring you back, right? They take you back to your childhood, these fond memories. And, and that's what we're really trying to do because collecting is so much about connecting you and i have had this conversation those memories come back you're holding the artwork and and that's where dc is so good because he is so well versed in so many things of pop culture the 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 political stuff that we do the comic book stuff that we do the pop culture stuff he hits it all the mystery machine that every you know that's so iconic you know, we talk about things that are iconic. There is the Munsters mobile is in yeah. this break as well. So uh, I'm going to flip it for a second. Yeah. Do you have HBO Max? Yeah. Sitting down the other day with my five-year-old who likes Scooby-Doo. Sure. I like Scooby-Doo. Have you seen Velma? I <laughs> DC's walking away. As well, and you should, DC. I, could, I, think I think it's bullshit. I, I think would too. I it is so that. depressing. We went from a great cartoon to uh oh god what was her name that played velma in the movie she was great uh oh she's uh, i know you're in uh in no but she was uh she plays uh, oh god what was her name she was great um and, and it seems like we've sort of devolved into no. our velma and daphne's and so forth right it, like um, it, it's what's well, we're watching it and i'm sitting with my five-year-old and my 29-year-old and we're watching the first five minutes and i'm like all right, this is her story. That's kind of cool. I, I get that. I, I'd like to hear her backstory. And then she goes, Fred didn't come up with this with his sexual vehicle. And I'm like, or no, sex machine. Yeah. That's what she, and I went off. Yeah. Like, not for my five-year-old. No. What, what is no. going on here? And I had to go back and, and look to see what was going on. And I think we're all of the same mindset. How do you feel about them taking what should be innocence and, and sharing this with our kids? And then for some, you know, and I look, I'm per, I get the girl who's on TikTok who wants to dress like that and, and say, fine, my hopefully that algorithm doesn't pop for my five year old. Yeah. But how do you feel about them taking an overly sexualizing things that really shouldn't be that like it's really like that's a level of creeper 
like that that's special to me. It is. And, you know, and it's this really interesting world where there are people who feel like anybody, whatever age, should have the right to see and do whatever they want. And you see that with like schools going to drag shows and not even get into the political world of it all. But you see these things where where there are those who feel like kids should be allowed to think, feel, see whatever they want. And then you've got people who often when it's their own, will will see something like a five year old on TikTok with his parent uh, who's sitting there with his shirt off and that's considered to adult and is then stopped right and so you know what doug is referring to we do the pre-show on tiktok my five-year-old who we were at wrestling uh in high school style wrestling was there and loved to get on the videos with me didn't have his shirt on and was talking about whatever and all of a sudden tiktok kicks us off and goes minor sexual content minor sexual exploitation yeah Uh, and i'm reading it i'm like you scumbags. Why would somebody even think this about my child who's sitting here on my lap talking about wrestling and, and all you absolute scumbags? Why would yeah. you think that about a child? Context. But to go back to your question, yeah. I think there are the things, the idea of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Absolutely. Right. And, and Uh, You know, you try to teach that to your own children and my children, but it's like people are pushing the envelope and we've we've really come into the, you know, no uh, bad press is still good press kind of thing, but it's, it's frustrating. Uh, DC and I were having lunch today talking about cartoons that were still fun and amusing. and, And you were talking about Bluey, which I've not seen Bluey. My kids are older, but, but, I've only heard good things about Bluey. Everything I've heard about Velma has been negative. And, and it's so hard when you've got something that is beloved by so many. And then you try to redo it for the modern era. Doesn't always work. But as someone said right. before, Wednesday on Netflix, that yep. really struck an amazing tone with Thought someone who respected the original and was was not, I mean, not so much a homage, but they were really respecting it and taking it and and, and cr- taking one character and making her the lead. But the but really, the Wednesday and the modern one is not much different from more the Wednesday in the movies with Christina Ricci. Yeah, yep. but to a point where it's it's certainly very respectful of what it was doing before. And yet it is advancing it in a way that everybody can embrace. It's a great show. She's wonderful. Um, it's You have seen a lot of these shows where they took, I remember, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. They I thought Sabrina was darker. great. But see, I've you not know, seen the modern one. I love the original. See, and I felt like that was okay because if you read, if you were to read any of the new stuff about Sabrina, they did a run called... Um, Oh God, not Arthur. God, what the heck? Because she's from um, what's the name Archie. of it? Archie. Archie, Archie in the afterlife, or Archie yeah. in the afterlife, which was a dark Archie where the zombie apocalypse happens in the Archie world, and the big saving grace was Sabrina coming from the town yeah. over, 
and so I was completely okay with it. I was like, okay, I know where the storyline is going with this. Yeah, I've I've not seen the new one, but do they have the cat that talks? Because that was the best Absolutely. part of so, the original. So, so he doesn't talk in this one, but he communicates with her. Uh, you just don't hear a voice. All right, but what, the cat was the, and I enjoyed the first one, you, but the cat was the best part of that show. You could, but I, if you get someone who had a big crush on Melissa Joan Hart, but the cat but, was but great. If, if you if you go back and you watch that se- the the series on Netflix. They still pay you talking about an homage. They actually bring back the original ants, yeah, and a cat because she goes through you know, I'll, I'll spoil it if you haven't seen it by now, it's only been done for a couple of years. And um, she goes through like a dimensional door and ends up in that world with them okay. and with a talking cat. And she is the Sabrina for that world now because wow. she shows up. They, they did a phenomenal job about it. You know, I mean, it's great and it's possible, right? I mean, right. Uh, it's, it seems like for the Velma one, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that oh. they just decided they were going to make it as woke and modern and relevant to, yeah. without really thinking about the history right. and, and, and respecting all that is unlike those other shows, which moved things forward into the modern era. Right. But you know, in a way that, that still kept it near and dear to the original. Yeah. I just, you know, I expected her to be popping, you know, popping pills and doing a, doing a bump of Coke off of a, some of a Scooby-Doo's ass. Just what the hell is this? Yeah. I I think, uh, and I gotta, I gotta also just say this in check because I gotta get ready for my show. Um, The, the intention wasn't to bomb Doug. Um, (laughs) not, Not on purpose. Um, I, I think what they were trying to do is it was basically animated virtue signaling. Yeah, was was what this is. What is where it? Animated what? Animated virtue signaling. What is it's that? Basically, virtue signaling uh, would be the best way to explain it. You know that that we are understanding, and you know we understand you, and we are trying to represent you, the modern person, and uh, you know it's just kind of like tokenism in a sense like yeah. yeah we got you covered and that's more important than the story and the history uh, that okay it was like being we got presented is more important than making it relevant and real and also huh. doing it without somebody asking you to do it just yeah. volunteering oh i'm sticking yeah. up for this person without that person saying stick up for me it's yeah. just like we're putting this out there so you know what we stand for yeah and it's like well nobody asked you what you stand for yeah <laughs> but thanks that sounds like a breaker box to me. I'm just yeah. <laughs> uh Murph, listen, buddy, I, I love you. We will get together. I, I promise. I, I gotta jet over, get ready right. for my show. If there's um, a lot of traffic. He's gotta get over. <laughs> you know, we're Southern California, man. Traffic is exhausting. To in one fact, if over. he's over there, I can throw things and hit the wall and make a noise on that one. That's you even know. more fun. Uh we'll, we'll make sure that we try to push our traffic to you after we're after it's done, though, like not before then. You know, when we're done, yeah, that's, that's, that's you know, we gotta, you know, and, and look, Kristen, and I have to t- introduce you. So Kristen is my California political contact. She's like highly involved, like up in orange and all those places and, and all those people. But I agree with her. Uh, yes. But what about respecting children and family content? That's lost. I, I have to agree with you. But now the other side to it, agree. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate for my own question. My kids have PBS kids now as a, an entire app that we never yeah. had with phenomenal content. Uh, 
my my five year old doesn't like Bluey. He thinks it's boring. Sure. But my it's what's funny is is my nineteen year old was like, you should check this out. And uh, my friend Tom, who sent me the other stuff, the Giants fan, who is a very progressive person, came to me and said, your kid should watch this because it is a very highly progressive show that has a lot of adult content for adults that are raising children to kind of be like, hey, I know you're raising a kid and you're dealing with X, but let's do this. Like my son was talking about, like there's an entire episode where aunt whoever doesn't come come over to visit because she can't have children herself and seeing the sister with with children yeah. causes her anxiety and i'm like bro that's some of the deepest shit i've ever heard of on a kid's yeah. cartoon but here's where i will say because i will i will defend the show a father of a seven-year-old i'm married and it's the way they present it right is in a way that it we get it as adults, but kids may go, oh, and it, it they the way they approach it is not in a manner that it is direct or you know, saying one thing is bad or another. It's saying these are the things that can happen. And, and by and large, while dealing with these adult type terms, they break it into such a low denominator for the children that the children, I'm not saying they're being directly told how to understand it but it is it's easy for them to consume it's making it accessible it it is and by and large the storylines do not have those (laughs) really in-depth type things they're not the the went after school special that we used to have to watch you know (laughs) a very special episode of bluey remember those very (laughs) special episodes family ties where i think it was mallory was caught drinking we had to you know Sit yeah. through all those episodes. You were almost required for as as a sitcom at that time to have a yeah on this very special episode. That's right of Family Matters. We yeah. found out. Yeah, yeah, I love those. Those are great. Yeah. Like, where did those go? Th- but, those- but we we I mean, when we were kids, we watched those. But now we're we're all older, and we have fond memories of that. Right? Like <laughs> we would come home and watch those where you're like kids were getting taken in vans and you'd learn yes. not to get in the, the you know end of the vans with you know it's uh how did they all ruin those things and the drugs and the smoking episodes and oh, I, love it. I don't know what you guys talk about those vans with the free candy were awesome like but wasn't that it's really like, how we got dc to come out west well, the best part is that we look back at those like those those things like Hey, stranger danger. And then we find out as adults, like, hey, just so you know, the strangers were probably the one that was trying to help you and get you. Help away. you, right? He was trying that that person yeah. was helping you. It was it was your dad's best friend, Uncle Jake, yeah. Uncle Frank. Like that was the one that was like, you know, now well, we, and we, I we, don't we, know. You have a, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. When when my kids go to school, I have to fill out paperwork now. Oh, yeah. That, uh, only these people are allowed to pick them up. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you we, know, we it's it, it's uh, my myself, my wife, my mom, my sister. You know, the the limited range. It can't just be, hey, someone said your mom mm-hmm. needed you to get picked up. We can't do that anymore. Oh, and we, I have to buzz in. So I was at my kid's school. Well, I go, I drop him off in the morning, and pick him up. I hit the, a doorbell. They come to the door even yeah. before and after for after school. I can get him, but before school, they're like, no, no, yeah, we'll take him from here. And I'm like, okay, but, but you know what, all this kind of feeds as we're talking about, these are collections, these are things, these are 
processes. The other side to collecting, DC, we love you, brother. Hey, check out DC D Collects, DC the Breaker. He's on Instagram as DC the Breaker. Check All right, now we can really talk. I mean, really, what a pain in the ass that guy is. Son of a, that son of a. um, No, I got to tell you, you know, we are here at DC D Collects truly blessed, right? We absolutely. I've known Trevor, who you've seen on camera, I've known him 20 plus years. Uh, one of my dearest, bestest friends. And we have such a similar mindset on collecting, but also how we want to do things. And and we met DC three or four years ago, and and he had a very similar mindset. And so we have Lee Kosey. You know, he's one of our, our featured artists. Another and it is a group of guys who love what we do and really want to do it the right way. That is how we try to run our business. And we want to do things that we love, respect everything, and we want to sleep at night. Like we want to go to bed knowing we were fair, ethical, we built good product, and we, we, we were happy about it. I mean, that we get to do what we love. We get to talk collecting. We get to build work with artists. We get to go to Comic-Cons. We get to do all these great things and still – it's kind of work, right? We wake up in the morning. I, I come up to Santa Barbara. You know, I get to work in, in this office where I have lots of cool stuff everywhere. And uh, just talk to people about collecting. What, what a great life that really is. It really is. And, and But you know what that feeds into our other topic was, what's the difference between good and bad collecting? And when I, when I say yeah. that, you know, that I, I, you know, if you were to come into my basement and I grab some stuff that that's over here next to me, I love CGC books. And if you don't know what that C- CGC is, that's a graded comic book. Yep. I mean, look at that cover. You know that cover. Enter the Watcher. You know, you got Enter the Watcher. Um, I've got Silver Surfer number one over here, Shield number one, CGC books. I love those. But that to me is how I collect, but you can walk through my house. I don't have storage units and I don't have anything against people who do, but I'm going to give you my definition. I'm curious of your definition, Doug, of bad collecting. And I make it real simple. Bad collecting to me is you can't pay your bills. Yeah. If, you, if you've gotten to the point where your collection means more than paying your bills, like I've got to go get this thing. And I have to watch myself. We talked about recently from Skybound. We yeah. and I talked about that. Skybound has a box right now, which I've got a couple of the books in here uh, that I'll be honest, man, there's they it's not really a breaker box, but I guess it's kind of a breaker because you don't know what's in it. Yeah. But I mean, Skybound X at a 9.8 amazing cover. This is the creature that if you read um, what's the one that they just did invincible, this is the the tiger creature that whoops invincible's ass yeah. at the beginning of the show, but it's $200. Yeah. Four CGC books in there. One of them is guaranteed to be an autograph, you know, gold seal CGC guy like me. That's got my neck itching like crap. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. like, oh, so you, you got some more of them boxes. What, what yeah. You got them boxes. You know, and it's, look, bad collecting is really anything that does not 
makes sense or does not work. Right. You, and, and you say it in terms of like money, like, right. You know, if you're buying something and you're in your rather than getting your necessities, you know, getting medicine, getting food, paying rent, that that's more obsessive than anything. But, but bad collecting, I think, is is often uh, speculators masquerading as collectors. Right. And so it's this idea of. I'm collecting, but I'm going to buy to make money or as an investment. And, and I'm not saying that's wrong to do. You need right. that. You need, you need people feeling like there's monetary value to it in order to uh, properly give it value. I mean, if, if you are buying things and you see people flipping, that means there's interest. And, and we get that. Right. But bad collecting is collecting for the wrong reasons collecting outside of your means and collecting that is maybe not respectful. What do you mean by uh, that? Well, I mean, I, in the, in the sports world, there's quite often uh, people th there was an auction house that tried to auction off parts of uh, Roberto Clemente's airplane that crashed. Right. No. Uh, and wow, and so it, like Kobe, the helicopter from Kobe's crash, like the, the helicopter from Kobe's crash, say James Dean's car, you know, any of these things. Um, well, that's Paul, the car who was the, the guy from Fast and the Furious, Paul, uh, Paul, Wall. Paul, Wall. Paul Walker, yeah, Paul, Paul Walker. Walker, you know, that that parts of that car, you know, to me, those are things that are yeah. distasteful, but there are. I had this conversation a while back with some of the museums that I work with, you know, what are the ethical implications of collecting something? And this really came into how do you collect, say a political movement? How do you collect, uh, for example, black lives matter in a way that tells the entire story in a respectful manner, in a respectful manner that that shows all sides and they may still be wrong sides right. but but in a way that says hey this did happen and we've seen this in, in the last 10 years where a lot of people want to rather than discuss history it's just easier to eliminate it getting rid of statues or or hiding things but there are really ethical implications of collecting because particularly in the museum world. Oh, absolutely. You, you are telling a story and 20 years from now, how do you know you're telling that story appropriately, you know, authentically? Well, the museum piece, you know, you bring up a great point. I, I was, I've, I've told this one on the air before I was the kid at age 16, you know, for my 16th birthday, I wasn't looking for a party. I wasn't looking to hang out with a bunch of people. I wanted to go to the museum with my mom yeah, because, like me, man. because they had the, at that time they had the Warner brothers cell uh, exhibit that was going around the country and you could yeah. see, and you could actually purchase. We, I didn't have the money and my mom didn't have the money at the time, but you could purchase original cells yeah. from Warner brothers cartoons. Now, if you go to Disney, they've got a billion yeah. of things They're They're everywhere, but you bring up a great point with museums and ethical collecting. Would you consider museums as an unethical collecting place? And here's what I mean by that. You go to museums in England, they have tons of Egyptian memorabilia. Sure. 
the Parthenon, uh, bra the, the, the bronzes you see now, and then the, the mosaics and the stuff from the Parthenon, they're currently in negotiations to send back to Greece. I'm with you. Right. So, so, but that, and that's what I was about to say is should those things, should it even be a conversation? Uh, Cause it's such a weird spot for me. Like on one hand, I'm like, um, you do realize that at that point they were the boss. So yeah, they what they the were. Ottoman Empire at the time sold right. those to England. Right, back and, when that happened. Yeah, you know, it wasn't shit you could do about it. Somebody sold that shit off. And then the other side to it, though, is, hey, that's a whole country's history, a yeah. global history that should be where it where it started at. What's your? I mean, because I really think museums are like the <sighs> most difficult ethical place when it comes to collecting. To me, you know. I would probably, if I had to choose one side or the other, I would prefer items go back to where they were from. And why? Because to me, that is the best way. I mean, and they are your your culture, your history, you know, and I think your history should be your own. But is that always possible? I mean, were things acquired legally if something was sold uh, appropriately to someone and they now have it, uh, do you have uh, the right to ask for it back? Um, I know particularly the British Museum is trying to negotiate terms of, you know, rotation where we don't send them all back to you, but we, we certainly have a few here at a time and when they're, they're pain in the butt to move. But I can't imagine. You know, also, you have the discussion of who can best tell that story. Is that worthwhile? You know, are, are people going to see them in some place? Um, you know, and, and say it's a piece from Ghana. You know, are they going to be able to, to have that story told? Uh, it's a much different sort of, say you're talking about the looted art during World War II. Oh, that's a monster. I mean, that's like easy, right? That's an easy right. mindset. But you're talking about pieces that weren't necessarily looted, were maybe sold by the country in charge at the time, right? And, and so you have... Or even context. gifted. Even gifted. gifted. But you've got context. And and that's where you and I were talking before the show. Context is gone, right? It's just right. linear. It's right or wrong. There's no in-between. And there, there's... It's sad that's in the political world and it's in the, the art world and the... show work together and solve these how can 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 we make things worthwhile now it's if it's something was looted you see a lot of that with egyptian artifacts yeah those were just looted and, and right now um egypt has really been working getting all those back because they're opening the cairo museum which is the largest single subject museum in the world um i think four or five years ago there's a great king tut exhibit touring and it said hey this is the last time this will be in the U.S. Uh, we're, this is all going to be going back to the museum, and it's never leaving again. I thought the Tutankhamun stuff was in England. It was originally in England. So okay. Uh, okay, it, it was found by the guy who, who the family from Highclerk Castle, you know, the uh, Downton Abbey people. Uh, and and he, they hired Howard Carter, and Howard Carter found And originally it all went to... Uh, the basement of High Clerk Castle. And if you actually go oh, to the castle today to do the tour, they have recreations of all that and how it was. 
Well, and go ahead and tell the story, Doug. What is say his name again? Who who was it that actually found it? Howard Carter. And, and what did you used to have? Oh, my Howard Carter uh, cartoon signed piece, which actually is in my vault. And the next time we talk, I'll try to have some of I that. Lo- stuff I've yet to see now. that. I've yet um, to see. It. But that's but so that was that's owned though. Uh, you know, it's made its way back to Cairo for that exhibit. Uh, and I don't, I don't know any of the specifics on that, but I know uh, they have been more than a lot of countries been going after items that were were taken uh, harder. I know Madagascar and China have now really shut down their export on fossils, minerals. Oh, really? And so forth. They really are trying to keep that in house, really. Um, so the ethical implications of collecting bad collecting would be something maybe illegal. You know, you're, you're stealing things, you know, you go back to say the Thomas crown affair where, you know, you're stealing artwork. Uh, there are so many ways collecting can be bad. And, and we really try to focus on what is good about collecting, right? It ties you to something. Uh, it brings you into a group. I mean, I've, I've given lectures on why is collecting a great thing for kids, right? What do you learn from it? Interpersonal skills, bartering skills, research, organization. Um, you know, how do you you deal with people? It, it, it's such an important thing, and we learn so much from it. That's good collecting. And it, collecting isn't necessarily about value. It's about what you're getting out of it. And so a kid oh, collecting yeah. Pokemon cards or comic books or, uh, say, decks of cards from, from hotels or casinos or uh, I know someone who collect. I, I, I take a pen when I go to a hotel. Now they leave them there and that's – but yeah. it's just one of those things. The value is irrelevant. But I go, oh, no, you know, memory. It, yeah, it's, it's memory. memory. We're connecting to that. Like I was just in Seattle and, and took a pen and I enjoy those things. Uh, it's collecting for the right reasons versus the wrong reasons is really what I think it comes down to. And I've never dealt with a haunted collection. I was about I to throw that up. Below. That no, Nate is all not. about the haunted. He's, he's actually just got in with a, he started learning paranormal investigation and he's, he's working with a, Paranormal Funhouse, which is going to be on the show in April. Um, so he's definitely all about. I have money. not. I, I'm not, not to did. say. Now, we had a Hold Halloween on. break. On, I yep. could not ever see you with a haunted collection. You remind me of myself where you'd be like, you can put that shit in the parking lot. It's not coming <laughs> in this building. We're not playing with this. this. We don't play with this stuff. Leave that voodoo shit right where it's at. I'm basically Scully from the X Files, <laughs> and Nathan is Spooky Molder. He hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes, 100%. I uh, I have not. Um, uh, we did a Halloween themed monster themed break a couple months ago. That might have been the closest uh, we've ever come to that, but. Um, it is definitely collectible, and, and that you know goes into the people who collect things from, say, mass murderers, from famous scenes, and it's people collect a lot of things. And if you look around the world, you go to weird places. There's always going to be tiny 
museums dedicated to, to yes. a lot of things. There's a museum in Europe that is literally a 10 by 10 room and it's a museum of rubber ducks, like the little mini character ducks. Really? That's it. And, and there you go. It's 10 by 10, probably not even that big. People will collect anything. And there are people who, but why do they collect haunted? That's a great question. Maybe they saw something or something happened to them as a child. And yeah. so they have an affinity for that. Maybe they enjoy, uh, some people like horror films and, and I, I don't. But some people like that feeling. Maybe they're out there looking for those kinds of things. There are people who collect Bigfoot, right? Sasquatch, Yeti, the whole concept of cryptids. That's, you know, all the kind of spooky things out there. That would be fun. Yeah, it's something we've talked about. We we literally have a list of like 40 different items uh, for future breaks. You know, we're constantly coming up with things. Um but, you know, the why people collect something is really a great question that, that ties into the, the difference in good and bad collecting. I, I um, think absolutely. And, and Patty's out there. We'll have to introduce, we could introduce you to Pat. Patty would be fun. So Patty's out there. Patty Negri. She's like a big paranormal investigator, has her own yeah. network and everything. She's out there in Cali with you. Y'all couldn't can't get me to Cali just so you know. Like, I'll go to Cali. Yeah. But right now, you guys – you go from one extreme from either the place is on fire to <laughs> the, the bed sheet to the bed sheets are soaked to now everything's the mud slides you know yeah. and they're, they're all here in santa barbara we've had all of those our, our reservoir here in santa barbara went from uh 40 and then uh, as of like tuesday it was at 91 percent. that's insane insane you know we had some places uh the, the reservoir rose almost like 40 feet uh we had santa barbara had somewhere in the 15 16 inches of rain in the mountains uh, i live a little south of here now i'm in thousand oaks california where we got a, a good six or seven uh, inches now so it's so funny uh, ground moves too much for me so i lived on the east coast right i lived in maryland and i whenever i said i was from california people always said how could you live there with all those earthquakes? All those earthquakes. Like we, literally we were having them every day. daily, these massive ones. And if you ever saw the movie LA story with Steve Martin, there's yeah. that great scene where they're having coffee and ordering drinks and the ground is shaking. And the woman from London's like having a coronary and everybody else in LA is just going on with their lives. That's what people think it is. And then I remember, so they'd ask about earthquakes and then I'd be like, okay, what about the blizzards and the hurricanes and the ice storm and the humidity and the giant bugs and California, man, we don't have giant bugs or humidity. It's giant bugs in California. I don't know, but it's <laughs> I've, uh, ground moves too much. Now, are there probably earthquakes every day? Yes. 99% of them you don't feel. I mean, they're, they're small and we are built as a state. We have the best building codes in the country. Our stuff yeah, is solid. Know. I remember being in Maryland and there was a 4.0, which we don't even think about. And Maryland, like they evacuated all their buildings and like chairs had fallen over and people were like, that's just like a truck driving by. I mean, we're used to yeah, that. Yeah, no, like in, when, when you were in Maryland, that's, yeah, that's shutting shit down. That we are shutting it down. And it's, but I it's, mean, blizzards and ice storms. And you know, I didn't even know until I moved to Maryland, I'd never even had 
a snow day. I didn't even know what? you could delay school due to weather. Like that was a, such a foreign concept to me. I remember oh, going, I'm like, what? I, I, what's a two hour delay? Like we had one the today, only time I had ever missed school because of weather was because the, the Santa Ana winds had started a fire and the air was so bad. They just shut the school down. That was the only time I had ever missed school due to a weather related <laughs> thing. I didn't even know you could like miss school for a snow day or a two hour delay. That was foreign to me. Bro, we had a two hour delay this morning because of ice because yeah. It, it had rained it had rained earlier and we started getting like a pretty good sheet of ice to the point like our back porch you come out the back porch and you got to kind of walk up to our yeah. driveway it's a, it's a it's a slant so Different i had assaulted last night couldn't even walk the dog because there was there was so much ice out there so dc moved out here and he's like hey you know i'm looking do i need to put like like undercoat my car and we're like no cars last forever out here we don't salt your car we don't do we don't salt the roads or anything cars last here seafood is better here and i think that's debatable on where uh, you was, are. that's a tough one nate that's a that, tough that one. depends on where you are we do have wonderful seafood here yeah in, in california Washington, you know we Washington, are on, hey, you know if you're talking about you know I think that is debatable depending on where you are and what you're talking about. We we do have wonderful seafood, great uh, ethnic food out here in California. Um, so it's debatable. And, and I think you will find where you grow up is where you are partial to. And where, again, you have fond memories of something. And, and that is. Well, that's that's collecting those. Mem- like I, I would love. And I've thought about this recently. So, you know, we talked about the G.I. Joe stuff that you guys have and that big break that's coming up. I have I couldn't tell you how many. 12 inch Marine G.I. Yeah. Joe's. I have a huge collection of 12 inch Marine G.I. Joe's yeah. Win- window boxes. If you don't know what a window box is, that means it's actually like the box itself. Yeah. Look like a window looking into a scene. Had a complete run collection when we had the full museum going. It's beautiful. I- I've got all those things. Like I said, I mean, I've got sitting next to me of my CGC books. I probably have 10 of my CGC books. And and some of them, when they come back, I look at it and I go, I probably spent almost as much to get it CGC as yeah. the book is valued. But it doesn't yeah. matter to me no. because I love just having yeah. that book in that perfect blocked condition. Yeah, you know, from a baseball card guy, I, I – I understood grading more than I did in the comic book world. I, comic books to me were meant to be opened and read. And yeah. so in my mind, I have a harder time seeing it. Now I get it. And it's, you know, they're, they're safer and they, they keep, I get it. But from a, a baseball card, you turn it over. You still get all the stats. You get everything you need, but a comic book, like yeah. I'd say it's the first appearance of a character, but, but that might not be on the cover. So all of a sudden I've got this great book. But I can't open it to see. Now, I understand grading and understand the reasons behind it clearly. But I have a harder time in the comic book world than I do in the card world. So I'll give it to you, though. So so we'll talk about this for a little bit. And this is why if you're hanging out with Doug and I, make sure you're checking out DCDcollects.com. See what's out live there. right now, actually. DC I know I just got the notification. DC was live. <laughs> I was trying to shut his feed down, but I couldn't get his feed shut down. I'm like, yeah, How dare he? but like, here's an example. So in my hand, look at that. 
Yeah. That's Submariner number one. Yeah. At a 7.0. So if some people might say, well, who cares? It's 7.0 out of 10. It's, it's not perfect. Yeah. This book was made in May of 1968. Yeah. Yeah. And is maintained a, a pretty high grade. But what I love about this and what I love about these books, and I know what you mean. Um, you, you, they do a great job, CGC, and I'll, I'll boast them for a minute. Yeah. Roy Thomas's story, John Buscema and uh, Frank Guccia art on the front. Absolutely, it tells, you, it tells you, you know, Iron Man and Submariner number one. Why for why it's important comic book first it, yeah, everything. Totally. But you know what I love? This is my favorite part. Is I flip these over. Yeah, on the back, make money, get prizes with fast selling American seeds. Yeah. And you read through like, hey, I could sell these seed packets, get damn near nothing for them. And the best extra 3000 given away in our promptness contest. In addition to the contest and money, you'll earn selling, selling seeds. Yeah. And you look at this and you're like a guitar and amp. And it's got these three kids that you're like, these shit ass kids didn't sell this stuff. You know, I sell America. But we have such fond memories. Oh, it's so great. Of those ads, right? And I remember ordering like the little army men sets, the airplanes. Oh, yeah. I loved that. Do you remember in the 80s, like early 80s? And I wish I still had mine. Um, My mom used to do this. So you used to be able to cut out the labels. Yeah, uh, the the QR codes we would call or not QR codes, yep. barcodes we would call them now. Yeah, barcodes and send them in. And there was a Superman and a Incredible Hulk dolls that you could only get by sending in for those things, and then they would mail them to you in four to six weeks. Yep. Do you remember those? Yeah, and you know, and, and today, you know. Over the years, they've become mythical, right? Like we all remember those ads and and some people did and some people thought about it and want it. Now they're older. They have discretionary cash. And so they're looking to find things that that they've either always wanted or they had as a child and are looking for that feeling again. And, And again, it's all that nostalgia. It's seeking out of things that, gave you joy. And we see that comic books, comic books are an amazing collectible because unlike baseball cards, uh, which very rarely have emotional connections to, uh, unless they are a particular moment or there's a player whose story inspired you to say Jim Abbott, comic books have stories that people can truly connect to. And so they may collect a character because that character was going through something that mirrored what they were going through or a, uh, a character storyline that was highly relevant. You know, there's, you know, just Tony Stark and alcoholism or, or whatever. The devil, devil in the bottle. You can connect to a character and a storyline very easily people can go to characters that maybe are representative we see that with miss marvel and we see that with black panther they're like these this representation where people are like i love that story i love that character i feel like that character is me i want to collect that static shock is another one that's harder in the sport card world but 
But you do have, you know, I'm going to collect, say, Roger Maris because he was historically relevant. Or my dad's favorite player was Mickey Mantle, so I'm going to build that. Those kinds of things. Moments like, say, the Gibson home run or the, you know, Bobby Thompson and and those kinds of things. The Jeter flip to get the, the player out at home. The moments are really there, but but comic books are different in that they have much more depth to them. And so we talk about, say, Submariner from, you know, the 1960s. That's, you know, 70 years of cards, 60 years of cards. I'm sorry, of stories. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of time for people to connect to. I was once hanging out with Sean Austin, right, you know, from. Oh, yeah. uh, And we were. Good name, John. He was signing autographs, and I was there kind of telling him what all the cosplayers were. But what he was so good is he was relevant to so many different groups, right? Oh, God. Yes. So he had the, the guys like you and I who love sports. Oh, yes. He was relevant to kids Rudy, because Rudy. he was Special Agent Oso. He was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Was he Special uh, Agent Oso? He was Special Agent Oso. He was relevant to those of us who grew up in the 80s and Goonies, right? Goonies never say die. Don't forget who his dad is. Don't forget his dad. Well, and I'm going to get to that. He was relevant to those who remember his mom and dad, right? And he's also relevant to those people who were into fantasy. We've got, you know, Lord of the Rings. And and, and so, so people would come up to him and tell him, about how his movies inspired them, connected, whether they be small people who Rudy inspired or kids who grew up learning about, you know, uh, how to live through the comic books or a woman in tears talking to him about how the, the journey that Samwise and Frodo went on in Lord of the Rings, you know, mirrored her and her cancer recovery. And so... You can really bite into these stories. And, and that is really personal and emotional. And so you think about these stories of, say, you know, going against the odds and, and, and say the hero journey. We talk about collecting the hero journey goes all the way back into Greek myths. Right. And right. And we they, they're still the same. Luke Skywalker is the hero journey, you know, a a goal and there's a guide and then there's a death and you're learning and growing. And we see that and all, and people really thirst for that. They're looking for depth and comic books provide that. Right. And so people are very personal about what they collect. I'm collecting this storyline or this character because it really matters to me. And in the world of book collecting, of course, people collect their favorite books. But ch- collecting children's books is, is incredible because those mean a lot of something, oh, mean a lot to people. I read X book to my child. My parents read this book to me, whether it be, you know, Hippity Boppity, Peter Rabbit, um, Good Night Moon. Curious George, those books meant something, you know, and and, and I remember I was a teacher when the Harry Potter books came out and all of a sudden 
reading was cool again. And, and you saw people carrying books around and going to midnight sales of Harry Potter. And then at the same time, the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out. And you saw people going back and, and holding on to those books, reading them again. And now those people who were, say, 14 in 1999 are now, you know, 30-something. Uh, and then they're looking for those things that they remembered. And Star, uh, uh, Harry Potter was our star, is, is their Star Wars, right? Like yeah, no, Star right. Wars changed our lives. Like it really became such an overwhelming pop culture thing. Harry Potter was the same thing. And yeah. that generate how we view Star Wars is how a huge generation views Harry Potter and even Lord of the Rings, the movies. Those were so powerful. And those stories that are told, perseverance, leadership, friendship, uh, they're universal and people will connect to those and so that's why they've become sort of universally popular and now ultimately highly collectible. No, you, you, you're, you nail it there, dog, every bit of that. And, and we're going to get ready to put a bow on this thing. I know you got to go check out what DC's doing, making sure he's not putting anything, you know, sliding anything. Last week, he, we weren't here and he got a delivery of art that we were trying to keep hidden. And he's I like, they're not here. I'm going to show it. And nobody can stop me. Nobody no, he's like, I, they're gone. They can't stop me. I was an hour away. So he's just like, I'm going to show you guys what we got coming in. And and their Twitch channel, your Twitch channel is D DCD, DCD collects. We try to keep it very simple. All the same. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitch, all that is just DCD collects. It's See, very simple. DCD are my initials, Douglas, Chad, Dreyer. And that, DCD Collect came out of my business from 20 years ago when I was selling baseball cards on eBay, and I was DCD Sports. Uh, mm -hmm. And we just shifted it to DCD Collect, and it's been a great kind of cover for everything. Yep, and, see, and that's how I learn I learn all those things. You know, I, I listen to Doug. Doug. Doug's been doing this a lot longer than I had. And, you know, I, I listen. Keep it all the same thing. Nobody, nobody can ever uh, change it. We're going to get ready to close the house up, but uh, I got to ask, Doug, is there anything – new for you that you're collecting anything that you're like because oh, we were talking about boy. this like, i thought about like i would really like to collect some maryland memorabilia i think i would enjoy that like natty bow yeah um, well like, and you know thinking of maryland yeah uh, it's you know a lot of people don't know this but maryland fells point area you know that was the second largest uh immigration spot in the country behind ellis island I didn't know that. Second, I know. You know the second largest was Maryland. You know that that inner harbor that. area was where people went, and maybe not Fells Point, but that's I remember right. drinking a lot at Fells Point. Oh. But but south of there was a great immigration entry point, and that was the second largest one in the country. Well, my, um, grandmother, my grandmother was from Sicily, and she ended up in Baltimore. So yeah, and then you think about Maryland, and you think about you know it, it's such a great state. You've got everything from Annapolis. You've got Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, you've that. got the Baltimore Colts. You've got the, the Ravens now. Um, nobody's a Ravens fan. I wouldn't worry hey, about hey, that. Hey, but, hey, but, hey, hey. <laughs> look, look right here. Look oh, right here. yeah. I, I see that now. I got to look at that Rams jersey behind you. You can look at that big Ravens right there. Right there. <laughs> look at that. Wow. Um, 
but you know that it's you know there's a great history to it and you know and and so that is a really good reason to want to collect something is you know you, you want to learn more about it right you want to you want to know more depth you want to find out you want to be able to connect with other people and you know that'd be great unless you said Marilyn is in Marilyn Monroe and yeah. that's a whole other issue whole other collection whole other collection i know you a guy who a is, you have a dress don't you have a dress i used to have the dress i used to own the dress that she wore singing diamonds are a girl's best friend that gorgeous fuchsia dress uh, i sold that ultimately to the to a great Marilyn monroe collector it went to the right home i'm thrilled it's there um amazing dog and absolutely uh, amazing you got <laughs> right, yeah the shit that you comes out of your mouth and you're like ha you're you talking about the top of uh the skull of Adolf Hitler that was used as an ashtray. And this is from a dinner from a few weeks ago. This is just an Eric Dickerson signed football. Just like he happened. To and, and when you, if you look on the stream that DC's doing now, you're going to see behind him a two foot tall Eric Dickerson bobblehead that he gave us and signed for us. So can I tell you? So I love, I loved watching Eric Dickerson, but when Jamal Lewis almost broke his record, yeah. I wanted him to I wanted him to break his record more so like I wanted to see it because, as a Ravens fan because it was sure. such a phenomenal season. The yeah. guy was a beast. I, I taught my son who played football to run like Jamal Lewis because I always remember Jamal talking about I never stopped my legs moving. That was yeah. his, that was the key to being an amazing running back. And I really thought he was gonna win break that. But Eric Dickerson pissed me off when they showed in that last game of the season and they showed Jamal and he didn't break the record and Eric Dickerson just gloating. And I get it. You're the, like you, it's still your, your record, record still stands. Your record yeah. still stands. And I think it will stand. And I personally think with the extended games that are going on, I think that even if someone breaks his record, it'll have a different vibe to it. It, it will. Like you've got to, you've got to kind of say, yeah, you broke it, but you had two extra games to do it. Yeah. In. Like that's a totally different animal in my yeah. opinion. It, it's like when you look at like uh, Earl Campbell and, and, and when Earl Campbell was running, he had two less games. To well, think about Aaron judge breaking the record of Maris and having, you know, right. another six games. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, it, it's just such a different animal. And, and look, that's collecting also folks. That's, that's understanding that asterisk yeah, next exactly. to it, being able to say like, yeah, you did it, but... I'm going to tell you one yeah. thing about Eric Dickerson. And I've had a chance to get to know him because our kids played football together. <laughs> Eric Dickerson <laughs> is ah. genuinely, genuinely, if you were there and you were talking to him, right? he would make you feel very comfortable that you're talking to him and be gracious with his time. And you would walk away going, wow. What a nice I guy. just had a great time talking to Eric Dickerson. He is gracious with friends and fans. He will sign autographs. He is a wonderful, like when I, we're at sitting on the sideline and people come by, he, you know, he's very respectful and pleasant. Uh, and, and I have, I give him huge amounts of props for that because he is. He's uh, still Eric a true legend. One, oh, of the, one of the greatest running backs of all time and, and is, if you walk up and say, hey, Mr. Dickerson, I just want to say I was a big fan of yours. He was, Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, what's your name? Oh, great. You know, 
that is something you just see so rarely these days. Absolutely. That, that I, I'm a Rams fan. I grew up in Anaheim watching him. Jackie Slater is my favorite player of all time. I grew up in that era. I've become, but I was never a big Dickerson fan. I was a lineman guy, but, but now I have to say I am a fan because I've seen how he interacts and I've seen You're a fan of the person. I'm a fan of the person. And, and, and that really matters. And that leads to other collecting. People will collect something because they met somebody. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and that matters. For you. So. I watched a video the other day. They were talking about the top five greatest running backs in NFL history. Yeah. And number five that was thrown in there. I was surprised when they threw it in and then I listened to them and I went, son of a bitch. They're right. Yeah. Ladanian Tomlinson. Okay. I think there, there's a great argument for Ladanian Tomlinson as one of those top five, top five ever. Personally, I think we have forgotten how great Marshall Falk was. Marshall Falk was fucking amazing. And, and you, in today's NFL world, with his skill set, he would be. He'd still be incredible. good. He'd still be that good. He was incredible um, in that era, and I, I loved Marshall watching him play and, and what he did, and and you know, thousand yards receiving and rushing and just domination. When you watch his highlight films, I mean, he was like Barry Sanders esque in how he moved a lot, but. Um, you know the Rams have been blessed to have some good some good running backs, and I see Jonathan Ogden. I was a big Ogden fan. I like linemen. So you talk about like Anthony Munoz. You know, you're talking about these guys. Andrew Whitworth is is my current see the favorite player. Over my shoulder. I'm a huge Whitworth fan because of the person himself, like what he was able to do. In turn, we worked a little bit together on the Make a Wish Foundation stuff. He's a good dude, and, and I was so thrilled he got to go. Uh, win a, a Super Bowl the same year he got the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Like that to me, you're done. You've done it. You, you've gotten the two greatest achievements someone can can achieve in the NFL. Yeah, Nate. Nate knows uh, Ogden and knows his brother. I'm a fan. You know, I, I I was living in Baltimore. You know, in the like ninety to ninety, you know, ninety six to two thousand. I went to you know. The first Ravens games, we sponsored the Ravens, and I remember going to PSI Net, Pissy uh, Net, Pissy Stadium, yeah, I love and, um, Pissy Net Stadium, like really, Pissy Net, PSI baby, and uh, a that nobody knows who the fuck they are. Anymore. I think vaguely, I remember having some uh, Jonathan Ogden stuff. He was great. I, I'm a lineman guy. I love the uns, unsung lineman, and, and so Ogden, those kind of guys, I'm a big fan. Those are what I love having on my wall. They're big boys. So, so how often is DC DC doing these breaks? So, DC and DCD Collects streams live on Twitch uh, through DCD Collects uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights, six p.m. Uh, Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern. Usually running it for a few hours. He will uh, number boxes. He will randomize. He will tease stuff when we're not in town he will break what you buy on our website which is dcdcollects.com you break it he opens it then we send it to you it's very communal we want you to come in open it kind of like being in a card shop with your friends murph you've been there it is a lot of fun it's it's easy kid friendly appropriate 
and we just have a great time. It's like finding your tribe. I mean, I know uh, kind of like when you and I talk, it just, it works. And that's kind of the same idea. And you, you brought up a great point that I wanted to bring up. And again, folks, check out DCD collects. We're getting ready to close this up. Those of you that are sticking around with us late, late night at the bar tonight, we appreciate you. But one of the things hard to shut us up. That's the problem. You and I have a problem not talking. We really do. Like, like I promise you that Doug and I, like I'm sitting here going, fuck, I know Doug's got shit to do. And I know it's only like 4 PM in California. Uh, It's 624. And I'm loving it, man. I love, I look forward to this all the time. But you know, one of the things that DC does and that Doug and Trevor have put together that I think is so impressive is I've watched stuff. So talk about what I've gotten out of some of these breaks. I've got comic book covers in the other room and stuff, but I have upstairs that I keep in my bedroom. I have the Jerry Rice Jersey signature. Yeah. I have that. That was one of the, that was the big hit out of that box. Yeah. That super breaks box. Yeah. Yeah, That super breaks. I have, I personally have that, which getting it from bourbon and look, you've heard us mention bourbon. Just go (laughs) fucking you, you'll understand you'll under guy was born with a golden horseshoe up his ass and i don't know how he gets the stuff he does but you know that's that's an example but i've i can't tell you how many times i've been sitting there watching a break in dc's like so we're getting ready now in a moment we're gonna go ahead and break up blah 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 and i'm going yeah i really like yeah. that stuff and then i go right onto the website i'll yeah. purchase it and I'll send and, and before I can even send DC a message and go, Hey man, it's, I just put, picked up one of those. You go, Murph, just picked yep. up one of these. Blah, well, blah, we blah. just, I got a note. We just sold four boxes of pieces of the past presidential edition. These are the kind of those super breaks, all political themed. And uh, we just got a fresh case delivered today. So those are now up and, uh, He's going to be opening those, so I should probably head out soon and watch. But uh, definitely, definitely worth watching. So again, folks, if if you're looking to collect, you're looking to get into collect. If you have questions about collecting, listen to me. I send Doug messages. I send Trevor messages. I buy things, and I go, "Hey, this is what it is. Can you help me out?" There are no two guys that I know, and and go back and listen to our old episodes if you want to understand old cigar cards and stuff like that. Doug knows them and I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think Trevor knows the cigar cards better than you do. Yeah, you know that, that is shit. He knows that yeah, shit. Cards, that's it, you know. Like he he is on a different level with that and it's a great story if you go back and find our older episodes how they met through Doug's dad and how Trevor and, and all the cards and everything. And I would have loved to have known Doug's dad. I feel like he would have probably taken over this show because he sounded like the guy was like, oh, you've got one of those? Yeah. I've got 15 of those. <laughs> Bitch, I've got them all. Yeah, well, you know. Seems like he was that guy. He would have been a blast to have one. So make yeah. sure you're checking out DCD Collects. Make sure you're going on the DCDCollects.com. Yeah. The, the Facebook. He needs more Facebook followers. He's got like 35 I don't. Yeah, I mean, we, we're mostly Instagram, but really what I would just say is come be a part of our family. You don't have to be buying boxes. Just come be a, hang out with us. It's fun. Those guys like Ice Wolf and Bourbon. Lee, look, when Lee Corso jumps on. Cosey, not Lee Corso. He's got the big things on. Uh, Lee Cosey is one of our, our great artists, Star Wars artist. And our, we have the artists in the chat. That's the cool thing. That's you can often thing. see these things. And what's, Sean the art. Yeah. what's Sean's last name? Um, he always ghoulish. Um, Sketch Ghoul Sean, Sean Sketch MacArthur. Ghoul. 
another artist. Brian Kaiser Tillman is quite often there. Paul Maitland, uh, Kevin P. West. A lot of these artists we work with, they come in and you pull their art and they're like, oh my gosh, I did that because of X, Y, Z. Or that was was the third time I tried that card. But that's, we're really, really trying to create these bonds and our access to the artists are incredible. So I'll tell you, 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 when you meet Lee, so Lee and I probably had a 30, 45 minute chat at New York yeah. City Comic Con yeah. two, two or three years ago. I think it was pre COVID. So it probably was 2019. Uh, and we just chatted. And next thing I know, he's like, Hey, you know this artwork at Camp Pendleton? I'm like, I was never at Pendleton. He was my best friend, Ken. And he's like, Ken's like, Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I did that one. I did this one. I did that one. So if you're on, if you're a Marine and you're listening to this, most of your murals. Yeah. Lee, Lee Cosey. That's our guy. Lee mm-hmm. did that stuff. And, it's amazing. So make sure you check out DCD Collects. And look, again, if you're finding us through DCD Collects, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, sure. YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, our Facebook, our Instagram, everything, TikTok. It's all the Above the Bar podcast. Our email is the Above the Bar podcast. I'm getting to this late. We normally do this at the top of the show. If you've got – Doug and I just do – we we start talking. I, I, look, listen to me, folks. If Trevor was here also – yeah. This shit's going three hours and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, we need to do an epic stream on a Saturday or something oh, yeah. where we're just all happening. Look, we figure oh god, I wish we could do Super Bowl Sunday. And we gotta get you to California because you gotta hit San Diego Comic Con with us one day. I wanna do SDCC. I've never done SDCC. We have a booth, it's great. My wife we'll talk. Maybe I'll bring the RV and we'll, my wife and I will do the cross country in the RV There you go. all the way out. I love my RV and we just got a Corgi puppy. So like, no, I bet that's adorable. All, all of us would just head on out there. So make sure you're checking out DCD collects the big board behind me. As I, I forgot to do this at the top of the show. If you've got something you, you're supporting, you've got a collection, you've got a show, you've got anything you're supporting. Reach out to me, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, email, TikTok, it's all the above the bar podcast. Reach out, reach out to me. Let me know what you got going on. I'll give you the address where to send it. You send me a sticker. I put your sticker on the board. You get free advertisement for it. Yep. Sticker and a cause. It's a great thing. Nate's over <laughs> here talking about California Paracon. That would be fun. I would go do that. I want to go check out that that famous haunted hotel out there that uh, Patty's always talking about, uh, where like everybody goes in and they just. It's a fucking shit show of a hotel. I don't know how else to to explain the place, but but make sure you're giving us a follow. And look again, if you're finding us through them, I cannot explain to you how important it is to us, to Doug, to everything that yeah. we're doing for you to go on to whatever you listen to your podcast on, whether it be uh, Apple, whether it be Podbean, whether it be broadcast, whether it be Spotify, I don't care what it is. Yeah, you go like in there and that. give that five star rating. I, yeah. I know it sounds like one of those kids shows like, go it ahead matters. and like and subscribe. But listen to me. Doug grows, collecting grows by you doing that because more people find Doug that way. Our people grow, more things happen that way because you do that. So yeah. taking your time giving us a five-star rating, make leaving a comment. I don't even care if you just go in there and go, hey, the host has got an amazing beard because he does. (laughs) Uh, It's important to us. So please do those things for us. Doug, I know, brother, you got to get ready to make to make your run over there. Make sure DC's not 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 giving away the whole farm. Not giving away everything, man, because he will if he's not supervised. You got to watch him. 
But as you know, the the one rule we have here, the guest always gets the last word. So what's the last word, brother? You know, it, it's find something that gives you joy. Uh, and if it's something that's collectible, love it, cherish it, learn from it, grow from it, you know, and, and make that your Everest and conquer your Everest. And then join us and be a part of our family. I love it. Don't go away there, Doug. Be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. 